Hope you guys are watching a lot of Christmas movies. Uh, gotta love that this time of the year. A lot of them have the same plots uh, to them. Not only if you're watching them on, uh, what's the channel that plays all the, Hallmark, Hallmark yeah. Uh, so those have a reputation for being that way, but a lot of, a lot of Christmas movies have, have very similar themes. And uh, one of the ones I was thinking about this week, one of the themes that kind of goes across a number of different movies, both kind of older and more modern, is the theme of watching your life. So somehow viewing your previous life, and there's some modern examples, but I'll go to the two classic examples of this. So It's a Wonderful Life. I watched it, you know, probably 50 times in my life. And um, the, you know, if you're not familiar with the, the story, Jimmy Stewart's character, George Bailey, is, uh, is given this privilege, this great privilege from an angel, Clarence, to go back and look at what life would be like without him. So in a sense, he's not watching his life, but he's watching the past. And, um, and so he watches his life, and then he realizes over time how meaningful his life actually is, as he sees so many things that would or wouldn't happen because he was not alive. And so at the climax of the movie, sorry, I'm going to give it away. It's 75 years old, so um, that's the way it is. Uh, I want to live again, you know, Jimmy Stewart and his way he speaks. I want to live again, and he wants to wake up <coughs> to the present moment again after looking at his life. Same thing can be said of a Christmas Carol, classic Charles Dickens. You know, you got Ebenezer Scrooge, who's given this opportunity, the visits from the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. This unique opportunity to go back and look at his life in the past, to see what he's doing in the present, to think about the future. <coughs> and in that process, he sees how selfish he is, and he sees the poverty around him, and he, he wakens up to the present moment, the last scene. You know, he's, he's, you think he's going to die. It's in the future, but he wakes up again to the present moment and realizes that he has a second chance at life, and he goes out and he spreads cheer everywhere. This theme, looking at your life and then waking up to the present moment. Why do the classic movies do that? I was thinking about this week. I think it gets at, maybe this is one of the answers, some of the struggles that we all have at this time of the year, a feeling of detachment from our own lives. And maybe even when we look at the biblical story of Christ being born, a sense of detachment from that, what we call a true story, but yet something that happened a long time ago. And what most of us want for this time of the year, what most of us long for is something to wake us up to, to our present life and then realize that we are actually connected in a deep way to whatever it is that, you know, that we believe in. And we believe this story is true, but it, it sometimes is, is back there. And we believe that family is important and all the themes that come out at Christmas, and yet there can be a sense of detachment from real life that we at the Christmas time want to be different. That longing is, is already there. And we know that that is in part what Christmas is about. And the goal of our, our short time tonight, I want to talk about just one verse from the Gospel of Luke and to remind you that the story of Christmas is not something that you need be detached from. That it's actually something that we can wake up to and we can come and see the newborn King again and, and wake up to this present moment that this life is the life that God has for us. And this 
uh, this story, this Christmas story, is something that we are not just side characters in and not just uh, can know about it, but it's something that we can deeply experience. That the joys of the story of Christ being born can actually be our joys. That this Savior can actually be our Savior. That this hope that He brings, the light that He brings, can be our hope and can be our light. <coughs> so we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Eric, for this. <clears throat> and that one verse, verse 11, Shannon read it for us already. Let me read it to us one more time. It's in your program there as well. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In 1531, Martin Luther preached a sermon on Christmas Day. And what he said in that sermon was, there's a lot of amazing things that you can talk about at Christmas time. You can talk about Mary and her obedience, and you can talk about her faith, and you can talk about how she treasured up Christ, and you can talk about the Immaculate Conception, the fact that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You can talk about Zechariah and his unbelief, and then his, his joy at seeing John the Baptist and that leading to Christ. And you can talk about the angels visiting the shepherds and this explosive glory. And he goes into all the things that you can talk about at Christmas time and be amazed by. And that is, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, exactly what we've been doing. We've been talking about um, the visitation of God in the form of the angels and, and seeing how amazing it is. But Martin Luther said on that day in 1531, um, as amazing as those things are, they pale in comparison to the most amazing thing about Christmas. And the most amazing thing about Christmas comes down to two words. Unto us. Unto us. He was preaching that day from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which many of us know from Handel's Messiah. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And he said, those words are the most amazing thing at Christmas. Why? Because if there is a God, an all-powerful being, if there is uh, you know, a glorious revelation of the Son of God, you would expect that to be glorious. You would expect things to be crazy big. You would expect the wonder of that to be something big. But you might not expect, if you were just drawing up the story of yourself, that he would actually come in and add this, that it's unto you, it's unto us, that Christ was born. That we would be brought into that story. And so what he said that day was, never forget to add the us to Christmas. Never forget to add in that it's not just something that amazing happened, it's something that amazing happened and we get to be a part of it. Never forget the us. Luke, when he's channeling Isaiah... And he's bringing this story of the good news to us in Luke chapter 2, this amazing story of the angels and the shepherds. He channels Isaiah and he says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If this is unto some random shepherds in a field, 
that we've never met before and never seen the biblical story again. And certainly, if it's unto wise men who come from all over the world and come and kneel before this newborn king and strangers and aliens and unnamed peoples receive this message and such are we tonight in the city of Phoenix. Very far in every possible way from the story. But to us, we need to hear Luke say, it's unto you that this comes. What is it that comes? The three titles that are given to us of Jesus are the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then what we want to do, just with a couple minutes we remain tonight, is to almost go back in time and look at our own lives and look at this story again like we're looking at a movie. And what's revealed to us is that their story is in those three words. And our story and our life actually should be in those three words as well. There is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Those three titles actually mirror exactly the way that the shepherds and the wise men experience Jesus. He's the Savior first that they come to. They come to the Savior. When the shepherds hear the message of the angels, they immediately come. They still have a lot of questions, but they come towards Jesus. When the wise men see the star appear in the east, they come. Even though they don't have all their questions answered, they go and they see, which is what they say in the shepherd's account. If there is a Savior in Israel, then we need to give our allegiance to. Let us go and see. What is He a Savior from? Well, as we sing at Christmas, we ask Christ to, from our fears and our sins, release us. Let us find our hope in Thee. That's what Christ is. He's the Savior that saves us from our fears and our sins. He's the One who brings salvation in His name All oppression shall cease, we also sing. He saves the world. We come to Him as the Savior. If you feel detached from your life and detached from this story, remember what it is that Christ came to do. He came to save us. Fear and sin are still things that cause that sense of detachment, aren't they? Isn't that the thing that pushes us sometimes out of the presence of God and into our own lives, thinking about our own fears, thinking about how we've sinned and struggled. And to realize again that we have a Savior who is Christ the Lord, but He's a Savior first to save us from this fear and sin, to release us. They come to the Savior. The Savior is also the Christ. They seek the Christ. Who is Christ? Christ is another title. It is, means anointed one. It means Messiah. It means the promised one. It means the King that everyone was looking for. It's the one that we seek and we find. And that is exactly what we see the shepherds and the wise men doing next. They seek after Christ. The shepherds want to know about things. They want to confirm. They want to make sure that it's true. And once it's confirmed, then they go and share what they've received and give it to others the wise men also seek that's what they are they look at the star and they look at their charts and they they follow this this star and then they come to Herod's uh, temple or Herod's court and they say 
is this the right place? And they look, and they're looking for the Christ to make sure this is the anointed one. They seek the Christ. I want you to notice briefly that the seeking comes after the coming. Here's the way that we often think when we want to understand something, we want to believe in something, we think, I need to understand it completely. I need to seek it out. I need to have all the answers. And then, once I have all the answers, then I will come to belief. That's not the way that the story works, and it's not the way that actually belief works. Faith comes first. And then there is a seeking. I know everybody came tonight hungry for the next Latin phrase that they can incorporate in their life. So, I'm going to grant you that wish. I know that's why you're here. Um, no, I just, it's too good not to share. Fides quorens intellectum. St. Augustine's famous phrase. Fides quorens intellectum. It means faith seeking understanding. What he said is that faith comes first. You have to have this position of belief. You come to the Savior and then you seek the Christ, in other words. You find Him after you've already given your life to Him. This is the way it actually works with everything. All of us have faith in something first, and then we try to understand it. Even if you're a scientist, even if you're a philosopher, you have to believe something first. There has to be some unmoved part that then you seek to understand. And so we come tonight as seekers, of course. But part of the reason why we sometimes feel detached from our story and the story of the Scriptures is because we think that we can't come to it until we have all the answers. But there is mystery and there is beauty here that we will not fully understand until we keep coming and we keep seeking Him. The third title is the Lord. He's a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And when the wise men and the shepherds come, they come to bow down before this Lord, and to say, I am not the Lord of my life. Last week I got an ad on Facebook, and you're always wonder, I'm always wondering what the algorithms are picking up, you know. <laughs> why, why would they advertise uh, certain things to me and try to figure that out? <clears throat> and this was a Scottish ad, maybe because I have a Scottish last name, I don't know, just thinking out loud here, but for some reason, they wanted to, to me to buy this product, and this is what the ad said. Become a Lord today. I'm going to hope that it's the Scottish thing and not something else in my search history that made them think that that was a good thing for me. Become a Lord today. Own a piece of Scotland. For the low cost of $59.95, you can buy one square foot of Scotland. Just a tiny parcel. One square foot of Scotland, they will send you a certificate. They're very clear that you can't develop that land. Um, so don't even try. But they'll send you a certificate. Now, why would somebody do this? Because in Scotland, if you own land, you are called a lord. If you own land and you're a woman, you're called a lady. You get an official title. And so, just for that small price, you can... Refer to yourself as Lord if you want to. 
That's the whole gag. It's a gift. It's a Christmas gift. Make someone a Lord in your life. We all want that. In a sense, we want to be Lord. We want to have control of our lives. But what I want us to see is that, we'll just look at the wise men who clearly had influence. We three kings. We don't know if there are three of them, but they were powerful. They were kings. They were some kind of rulers. They immediately had an audience with Herod when they came into Judea. They wouldn't have had that unless they were important. They were influential. They were wealthy. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Expensive gifts they laid at the feet of Jesus. They already had money. They already had influence. They already had rule. And yet they were seeking someone to give their lives to. To bow before. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. If you just take a minute to look back at the last month of your life, you don't have to go full George Bailey here. Think about all of your life. That's too much. Just think about the last little while, the last few weeks. Do you feel attached to the story of God? Do you feel like the things that you do with your life, they line up with the story of God? And they're, they're of one piece. Or do you feel detached from that story? I think most of us do, and especially at Christmas, sometimes it highlights it. What we do then is enter back into the story and we come and we seek and we bow and any one of those things would be an appropriate place for you to enter in the story again tonight. To come. Maybe you've been walking away from Christ. You're not really sure why you believe what you believe. You're not really sure what it's doing for you. But you see... You have fears and you have sins, and you need a Savior. You can come to Him. Maybe you've lost all desire in your seeking. You used to think about a lot what is true? What's good? How should I live my life? What's an ethical way to live? How do I give my life to the right things? And you become a seeker. You seek. Sometimes that dies away and we get filled in with other things in life and we think, well, I just need to do all the stuff. I'll put all that on the back burner. But that's, a, that's a quick way to be detached, right? Because all of us need to keep seeking Christ. What is the unexplored territory? Where is something that you don't understand or want to dwell on more in the Christmas story or in anything in the Scriptures? It could be that you were living outside of the will of God in your life and there's an area of your life and you've said, I don't want the, the Lord to be Lord of that. I'd rather be Lord myself. That's a quick way to feel detached from what God's doing in the world. And what that would be an entrance to do tonight too. To come to the newborn king and even though he's just a child in this story, he was just a child for these powerful men as well to bow before him again and say this is not my life it's your life in me any one of those would be a great place to come into the story again so i would encourage you to think about one or two of them as we come as we 
sing again for, for just a few minutes and as we go to our homes and maybe have traditions and maybe have a chance to read the Christmas story in the next 24 hours or whatever it may be, to as much as possible put yourself into this story again and come to the Savior and seek the Christ and bow to the Lord because this story isn't just a story out there, it is to you. It's unto you that He is the Christ, the Savior, and the Lord. Let's pray.